Welcome to Sustainable Non-Fungible Talk, a show about all things Web3 and DAO, from the team of SustainDAO, which includes me, your host, Clarice Cho. Our expert guest is Ryan Spit. Ryan is the co-founder and general partner of Flory Ventures, an impact Web3 venture fund. Flory Venture is a global early-stage fund, and its goal is to support founders who use blockchain technology to tackle two of the biggest challenges of our time, climate and access to the financial system. Prior to joining Flory as a founding partner, Ryan was the co-founder and president of Arcadia, a climate technology company enabling a zero-carbon economy. It's really a pleasure to have you here. Would you please tell us more about your background and what brings you to Impact Web3 Investment? Sure. It's great to be here with you, Chris. My background is a bit all over the map. I study engineering. I've worked in, in healthcare, in the intersection of healthcare and technology in Africa. I worked in management consulting in Latin America, and I was also founder of a what was a digital utility turned uh, climate data company called Arcadia in the United States. In the Web3 space is, is really new to me. I see it as a, a kind of backbone technology that can really help accelerate solutions for really everything, but in particular underdeveloped fields like the climate space and, and financial technologies in developing markets. Thank you for sharing. So as an entrepreneur yourself, how do you think like your previous entrepreneurship experience impact your investment styles? That's a great question. When you're on the entrepreneurial side, uh, it's very intimidating to be raising money from from investors and and it's a lot of work. In particular as a as an investor now, I do my best to be as honest and straightforward and and quick to make decisions and communicate those back to the founders that I'm working with. I think that's really important just to to give them their time back so they can focus on getting investment in and and building their company. And then after after invest, I, I the reason I'm I'm I am an investor is because I like working with founding teams on the early stages of of the company. So be it growth strategies, building out the team, product decisions, things like that. So I'm very involved day to day as as needed and as wanted with the founding teams that we invest in. Currently, you are working as the general partner of Flory Venture, and my understanding is Flory Venture is an Impact Web3 fund. Would you please help us understand your definition of Impact Web3 and what's the reason that Flory select Impact Web3 as your investment thesis? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for, for the four partners at Flory, we didn't want to just be another another Web3 fund. and. Impact was kind of the 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 catch-all term we could use. It we wouldn't we don't really describe it impact as as you think of impact investing or or a traditional VC in the in the financial sense. However, we're only investing in companies and projects and founding teams that are that are building or rather using blockchain to build real-world solutions, not just kind of investing in speculative assets. So folks that are that are building new and faster and, and cheaper ways to send money between countries, folks that are building new technologies to record and verify climate data that's being fed into the carbon market, that are building ways for for creators to be better compensated for the work that they're doing. 
So you mentioned you have like four general partners with Flory Venture, and I heard all four general partners have like complementary skill sets. Would you like to tell us more about your team and how the diversity of your team experiences provide strengths for Flory Venture? I think that's really great for the fund. In the sense that we really don't overlap much at all in in skill sets. I'd say the closest two overlaps are are Maria Legger and myself, who are both founders who have either in Maria's case exited or in my case built a, a unicorn startup in, in the U.S. and. So you have kind of very deep experience in the founder seat. In addition, Tomer is kind of a native crypto expert. So he spent much of his professional career in the blockchain and crypto space from the very early days. He's built many projects and he's an expert in the design of token economic models. That that proves extraordinarily helpful for every single investment. It's just not an area of strength that folks have. There's a lot of engineers, a lot of folks who are good at solving problems, but the token component is a rare skill set that that Tomer really utilizes in, in mentoring and helping all of our portfolio companies. Barb also has a very unique skill set for VC in the, in the sense she's a lawyer by background, has worked in investment before, but also has spent time as an advisor and executive through over a half dozen acquisitions and IPOs. So not only can she comment on the the regulatory issues that are facing a lot of the crypto companies today. I and mean, that's a kind of a huge area for the fund and, and having a, a clear understanding of, of the regulatory environment, not just in the United States, but globally, and also in helping advise companies as they as they grow and prepare for, for exits. Thank you, Ryan. I'm curious to know more, like how do you usually make investment decisions as a team? Do you make joint decisions or do you usually have a deal lead for each project? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the other things with our team that 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 is a strength is is that we're geographically distributed. So we have Barb on the West Coast of the US, I'm on the East Coast of the US, Maria's in Central Europe, and Tomer's in the Middle East. So we have really great coverage in that kind of from a time zone and geography perspective. That does make it a little difficult for us to have joint meetings across the four partners to review investments. But what we do is we have a single partner as a deal lead. And then depending on the size of the investment, they'll confer with one or two other partners and make a decision based on that. Can you highlight some portfolio companies that you invested in? I actually just came back from a two-week trip to Ghana, Nigeria, and Kenya, where we have... I think 10 or 12 investments across those three countries. So I can talk to you about a few of those. In Nigeria, for example, we have an investment called Flux, which is a neobank for fiat and crypto. So they're allowing members to to move money, store money, and and transact in either fiat or crypto. We the, the exciting part was we actually while we were in Lagos, we're using Flux's app to off-ramp crypto from Coinbase directly into their app, for example, and immediately off-ramp it into local Naira and pay for taxi rides and pay for restaurant bills and and so forth directly into the banking system. And in in a country like Nigeria, there there's massive inflation, and there also there's also a parallel exchange rate market. So the amount of money you can save just from utilizing a, a tool like Flux is, was quite impressive, and we were able to use it in real life. So that was one. One good example. And you have mentioned uh, Flory Venture has invested in different regions. And how do you evaluate a 
startup from like like from different regions, including U.S., Canada, Europe, Asia, Latin, Middle East, and Africa. Would you please give us a few examples? Sure. We do invest globally. I think we actually have a kind of a strong representation across pretty much every region except for Asia, where I'd say we have the least representation currently. Again, we have partners distributed across the U.S., also in Europe and the Middle East, and I've both lived and worked in Latin America and. Africa speak French, Portuguese, and Spanish. Maria also speaks Spanish fluently. So and has spent time in both Africa and Latin America too. So we feel like from that perspective, we actually have a leg up from most other funds of, of having kind of a cultural language understanding, regulatory understanding, understanding for uh, a, a wide range of, of regions. In that, in that sense, that's kind of how we're able to evaluate them one from another, looking at startups, whether they're based in the U.S. or or outside. A couple examples of, of startups in different regions. So one, one, one company, for example, that's in, in Latin America is called Unergy, and they're building a, a financing platform for renewable energy projects. So they're based in Colombia, but have already expanded into Brazil, and they're they're primarily financing solar projects and utilizing blockchain and decentralized finance to leverage funds from the global liquidity pools into those projects. In Europe, for example, we have a, a recent investment in a company called Hyphen, which is building a, a data oracle for climate data. And what they're doing is they're working within the various public sources of data, such as NASA and and the kind of global equivalents across across the world who don't necessarily have interoperable data and they're pulling it all together into a real-time update and available to others data api so that their partners that they work with can utilize that data to evaluate the effectiveness of climate sorry of climate strategies such as different carbon offsets but also a wide range of other of other uses so do you evaluate different regions with different criteria and what additional factors do you usually consider while evaluating emerging markets? I think we see it kind of as a global market. And I think Web3 has really has really shown that to be true. So we try to evaluate everyone kind of against their own their own merits. So if we're looking at a team based in Latin America, we would expect them to be just as good as a team based in the US and, and invest accordingly because the, the global capital pools and the global talent pools have merged in a way where everyone's working remotely and, and, and money's flowing much, much more broadly than they used to. I think we do look at most of almost yeah the mass majority of our companies are incorporated in the u.s which obviously simplifies a lot as far as investment mechanics for us but that's not a, a hard and stop a hard and fast rule for us do you see like uh, different needs in different markets in impact web3 area certainly in particularly in the in the fintech space i i used to say i didn't really need crypto myself because i live in the u.s and we have apps like venmo where it's free and super easy to send money around to to anyone really within or zelle i guess you can go bank to bank so we have a, a very very functional banking system whereas in most countries in africa also in latin america where you have high levels of devaluation of the currency just generally less developed banking systems and particularly between countries within those regions there's very little connections so that's where we see a lot more value in some of the fintech related apps and and products that we're investing in so how do you feel impact investment is different from traditional investment? Where, where we define impact is where it's having a, a benefit to, to general real world people. So 
It's providing financial inclusion. It's providing financial access. It's solving some of the building blocks that we need to solve the climate crisis. So any any projects that are kind of contributing to those, it's it's democratizing. It's the right uh, like shares of revenue to creators, whereas those 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 systems were centralized before. So it's decentralizing some of those systems and allowing ownership in a in a more communal way where everyone's benefiting, not just the top one percent. So. We see blockchain as just a critical technology in, in, in allowing for those solutions. Um, but from an investment perspective, we're still very much looking at business models and return on investment from the, from the companies and projects that we invest in. So what challenges do you encounter previously while investing in global startup? And how do you conquer those challenges? There's certainly there's time zones and travel and getting to see founders. It, it really does help to, to meet founders in person, we found. And there's only so much, there's only four partners and there's only so much traveling we can do. We all have families and responsibilities at home. So there's certainly a challenge for us to, to get around and visit visit projects and stay in touch with them as as much as we'd like to. However, having a, a team spread out and available across across many of the time zones, and, and we do put a special effort into getting dividing up and, and visiting various regions and, and getting together with founders as much as possible. But it is hard. I mean, it, there's no, if everyone was just in New York or San Francisco, it'd be a lot easier to keep up with folks. But we, we think that a lot of the innovation and growth that's going to happen in the next decade is going to be in blockchain and in emerging markets. Thank you. And as an early stage fund, Flory has a huge portfolio of startup companies in various regions globally. How do you manage to balance your time and support your portfolio companies? That's a good question. I think what what I've seen is companies have different levels of needs and different types of needs at different stages of the company. So when they're very, very early and initially just raising a little bit of money, they need help kind of refining the way they're pitching the company and communicating the value prop and getting some money in the door. And then then there's kind of a different phase of, of helping prioritize strategy and, and kind of the next steps of growth and milestones to reach in order to to raise more money and continue on. And so those those are usually very punctual times where they need advice or or brainstorming or bridging and connections into to other investors or or partners. And so it's not that all all of our portfolio needs help at the same time. So fortunately, they're spread out in different phases of company and and geography and, and we're able to to keep up with them that way. Would you like to tell us more like how you're going to support portfolio companies? Yeah, one of the ways that we were able to leverage our time is we run a lot of founder programs. One of those is we run a demo day program and so we group up to 16 companies from the portfolio together. And while we provide a, a team, which is includes the partners and, and other mentors and advisors we bring in that are friends of Flory, we also connect the founders amongst themselves. So there's there's kind of a group dynamic of learning together. And we, we have usually it's a two to three month program where we run kind of content sessions around raising and strategy and, and so forth. And we build that all up into a culminating demo day program we so we've partnered primarily with with stonks.com we were one of the first partners to to work with them and so we do what's called like a live demo day pitching online through their platform and so all the companies have a chance to present what they're working on and really put their best foot forward in front of a group of hundreds of investors that we bring to the table to to listen to their pitches that's been a really successful program for us we really 
seen great results just from not only from a fundraising perspective for the portfolio companies, but also just from kind of working through the basic communications of what the companies are doing in their strategy, you know, for fundraising, building out those tools of working with VCs and, and how to communicate with them, et cetera. So we've had a great feedback on those. We're actually doing a, a new demo day this November 16th with a little bit of a different format. In this case, we're going to highlight all the investments we've made in the climate and Web3 space. And this is a really emergent space. It's very, I hate to say buzzy, but it's a, it's a, it's a very important space right now. It's part of the kind of the refi movement you may have heard of. And for Flory, we see this as a really, really important part of the, the impact and Web3 space. And our belief is blockchain is the essential technology to move that market forward in the both kind of voluntary carbon market and also the derivations of that in, in natural capital assets, etc. And so we're investing heavily from everything from project development, new models of doing that to monitoring, excuse me, measurement, reporting and, and verification tools and the conversion of those into digital tools and utilization of data and AI and writing all those things transparently on the blockchain to keep track of of these assets to marketplaces that are helping bring those credits on chain and being sold to the traditional corporate buyers from before and and some other unique solutions in and around that space. So on November 16th, we're going to have our whole portfolio across the entire value chain doing a demo day, but less of a pitching event and more of a explaining how the market's working, what are the what are the important areas that everyone's working in, how that value chain is broken up and and how they see the market moving forward. So I think that's going to be really an informational event for for folks who've heard about web3 and climate but don't really understand the space yet necessarily but are are interested in understanding more and, and hopefully connecting with some of the what we see are really great projects in that space. We also in the founders program programs, we we do an annual meeting of founders. So we did what we called Flourish in April last year. And we brought together the founders of almost all of our portfolio companies for an offsite retreat outside of Barcelona. And it was a really, really impactful program where we brought in some outside facilitation and really spent time just connecting as founders and going kind of talking about issues that founders face from team dynamics to fundraising to overworking to whatever it was and kind of leveraging building the relationships amongst the founders within the portfolio, which we see really flourishing. We have a, a really active Telegram channel with founders and, and they're meeting up at the various Web3 events that go on almost constantly around the world. And we've just really built a, a, a great community of founders working across the, the spectrum. And uh, what role do you believe Web3 initiative or blockchain technology can play in addressing sustainability issues in the future? It's absolutely essential. The what blockchain provides as far as traceability and accountability in and and frankly cheapness and easiness of transactions, a kind of central way to store data, it, it's really kind of the key the key technology layer to to all sustainability solutions, in my opinion. I think there's still we're still just scratching at the surface of building those solutions out, but it would it would make no sense to build them in a web two context. So these are solutions that they need to be public, they need to be they need to be transparent. And and so blockchain really is the, the technology of choice for that. Um, as an entrepreneur and uh, an investor in Web3, would you please provide some suggestions for 
entrepreneurs that are working on Web3 projects? Sure. I think it's a really exciting space to be in right now. I think one of the things that drew me into the space originally was just seeing the the level of talent that is diving in and wanting to build on Web3. And that that's just an indication of the promise of the technology. You can also look at the amount of money that has been raised into venture funds focused on Web3 and crypto. And that also is a huge promise. So if, you, if you're interested in the space, if you're interested in building in, in impact and, and sustainability and, and really in, in, in the future, I think this is the space to do it. There's funding available there, there's great technology to work with, and there's tons of solutions that are still, still needed. So I think it's, it's a really great space. And what trend do you see in the Impact Web3 area? Do you see some great projects like working on in different directions? Yeah, I think that the, the trends in the space that we see, so we're the, kind of the, what we call the verticals that we're focused on right now. Again, climate I've talked about, fintech, especially in, in, in emerging markets where there's a huge opportunity with the with the current financial systems being less than adequate and access to finance being being very, very low. We're also looking at lots of decentralized economic models. I think I mentioned that earlier, where the the project is is not a company that centralizes taking all the revenue and, and sharing just a little bit out, but it's actually owned by the the users of that particular project. And so those are those are anything from NFT marketplaces to community currencies to to a variety of other kind of innovative structures of building economic models that benefit everyone involved versus centralizing the economic benefits. So we're excited about about those as well, and that's kind of one of the unique spaces where blockchain and, and token economic models can can provide solutions. I think overall in the crypto market, obviously we're we're deep into a crypto winter. Me uh, having going through this for the first time, what it seems like is it's really just a depression in the prices of, of crypto assets, not necessarily in a slowdown in the, in the activity in the space. So I see, I've seen just as many projects being launched and built. We're getting pitched on ideas all the time. We're seeing really great projects. Like I mentioned before, there's a ton of, of money that's been raised to invest into the space. I think investments are still happening at a, at a steady clip. The biggest thing really is that valuations have gone from astronomical and unreasonable to something a little bit more stage relevant. So if you're just getting a project started, don't expect a $50 million valuation anymore. It, it will, needs to be in line with the stage of, of the company. But I think there's still tons of funding that's out there and that's being deployed. I'd say the valuations is really the, kind of the biggest shift in the market in the past six months. Will the valuation ship likely to impact your investment strategy and how you're going to adjust with the new um, micro environment? That's a very good question. So we, as a pre-seed fund, we start off investing very early and at, at relatively low valuations and saw that as a way to kind of get a, an, enough ownership where we could provide a lot of value as a, as a partnership to the, to the founding teams. As as the, the market really took off last year, just to participate in some of the deals where, where we thought there were great projects and great teams, we did kind of let our, we, we did invest at higher valuations than we would have wanted to, but we thought the teams were strong enough and they were going to raise sufficient enough money to, to have runway to kind of build and prove out that that valuation. And now we're, we're really kind of seeing that we can go back to investing more at a pre-seed level with pre-seed valuations in an equally strong team and which which brings us right back to kind of how we began. 
What unique opportunities do you believe Impact Web Three would likely to provide to investors? I think that Impact Web Three is actually the、uh, so if you're looking for long term. Value, which is what I would propose if you're investing in a in a fund. Impact Web three is really the only way to go because our definition of impact is when you're you're creating a real world solution. So it's something that's going to stick and it actually has a business model and is is providing value to to consumers and customers. And so if you're investing for for long term value, then then it, to me it's an obvious investment. If you're looking for a quick win or a quick bump in in token price, then Then it makes less sense to be thinking impact. You're just looking for kind of a speculative asset that you think is going to become popular and you can cash out on. That's not really what we're focused on. We're looking at looking at long term business models. Thank you, Ryan. Really appreciate all your great insights and thoughts. Would is there anything else you would like to share with our audience? Thanks, Chris. This has been this has been really great. I think no, I think we really covered the the space really well. It's I think it's a really exciting space. If you're, I just say, if you're interested in 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 starting a company or working in a company in the Web three space or investing in the Web three space, it's it, it despite the crypto winter, not it's really still thriving right now. In fact, right now would be the best time to to get involved and enjoy the ride on the way back up next time. Thank you so much for joining this episode of Sustainable Non-Fungible Talk. This show is brought to you by Sustainable, a decentralized protocol that promotes social progress, environmental balance, and economic growth with blockchain technology. I'm your host, Clarice Chiu, and I'm your host, Ling Ning. If you like the content, subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter at Sustainable. We also have premium content, including blockchain research, member-exclusive events, and more with NFT pass access. For more information, please visit our website diesel.org.